0: Good morning. This is Pastor Adam Eggleston with First Christian Church. We are so glad that you can join us for our service this morning. With this being the fifth Sunday, our church is doing something special today. and We brought all the kids, all the adults back together in one room. Uh, we're doing kind of a family day and trying to incorporate our kids into the service and do all kinds of fun things with that. And so with that in mind, as I try to approach what the message for today would be, I try to think about what would go well with the adults, the kids, and everyone in between, and I got to thinking about a topic that everyone needs to know about, and, a, and the question that it seems like I get more often than any other, and that's about prayer. Uh, people, whether they're new to the faith or they've been at it for a while and kind of slip away for a while, or whatever the case may be, they'll just ask, how do I pray? I want to get this thing right, how do I actually pray? now the most simple way to answer that at first is just to tell somebody to say hey jesus and then you just keep talking you it's all about that connection with god that's what prayer is is just talking to him Um, there's a little bit of this mix that we're going to talk about where it's like talking to a friend but it's this relationship where he's god and we're not and we recognize that but we still just go to him and we say hey jesus This is what's going on right now. And I think to understand how we go about praying, we need to think about why we pray. You know, one of the reasons we pray is to talk to our friend. If we have a best friend in the world and we don't see them for weeks or months at a time and we don't get to talk to them, you know, we start to miss them. We feel it. We notice that there is a difference in us. And it should be the same way if we go those amounts of times without talking to God. We are praying because we want to talk to our friend. Now, we also pray because we want to acknowledge him as God. We want to understand in our mind to look at him and say, you are God, You, we are not, you are holy, we are not. There is something so much bigger in you that we can't understand. One of the ways that I love to explain this is to tell people to go look at passages like Revelation chapter 4 um, where John is seeing this vision of the throne room of God and you read that description before you pray or look at the vision that Ezekiel has of um, these living creatures carrying the throne of God to him in chapter 1 and you take a look at those and you Close your eyes, you fully picture what it is you've just read. So let me read this Revelation 4 passage to you. John says, After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne, and he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and seated on the throne were twenty-four elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder, and before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God, and before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. So you picture all of that in your mind. And then you think about what you want to say to God. And if you can squeak anything out at that point other than holy, 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 recognizing he is God, it is just something to really imagine and behold, to stand before that God, the God of the universe who made everything and sits on that throne and bring our needs to him. Because that's the third reason that we pray to him, is to ask for the things that we need. Because we're human, we're needy, there are lots of things that are going to come up in our day-to-day lives that we need God's help with. And so part of what we do when we pray is we say, hey, God, this is what's going on in my life, I could really use a hand with this, I need you to help keep me from this temptation, God, I've got this struggle going on, or I could really use this to happen good for me this week. And we ask him for those things because we know he is able to provide them. And the number four reason is that included in that list of things we need to ask for is is forgiveness. Right? Because again, we are human. We are going to make mistakes. We're going to need forgiven for the different things that we do wrong. And so when we go to him and we're talking to him because he is our friend, but we've acknowledged that he is holy, we are not, we need things, and we need his forgiveness because we cannot live up to the standard that he just holds because he's God. And the last part of this is that we are trying to align our hearts with his, to align the purposes and wants and desires of ourselves with his. This is the whole, thy will be done, not my will be done. Okay? So there are different ways to go about praying, different little formulas and techniques that I can teach. And so I want to go through several of those this morning. If you are you know, new to the faith, these are good tools that you can use to um, get started. You can find the one that works best for you and use it. Um, if you are somebody who has been a believer for a long, long time and talks to God all the time, well, these are still several different tools that you can use to kind of hone in your prayer life a little bit better and just try these different ways of talking to Him to see what works for you. Now, one of these um, is simply called the Pray Method, and you use those letters, P-R-A-Y, and it's kind of an acrostic, and so it stands for Praise, Repent, Ask, and Yield. So you go to him and you do those four things in order. You praise him, which is, again, admitting that he is God and he is holy. Okay? You repent, which is where you say that you are sorry and you need forgiveness for the things that you've done wrong and admit that you want to run as far away from those bad things as possible. You ask the things that you need from him, uh, however big, however small they are. You ask those and then you finish up by yielding to his will. Saying that, God, all those things I just asked for, if they're in accordance with what would glorify you, then please let them be done, but if they're coming from the wrong place in my heart, help me to understand that it's what you need done, not what I want done. Now one of the next ideas I want to give you is this idea of praying in circles. Okay. So one of the books we did at the church here a long time ago, we talked about um, this priest who had drawn a circle on the ground and stood in it and had prayed for rain in a time of drought in the city. And he had refused to move out of the circle until his prayers were answered the right way. Not too little rain, not too much rain, but just the right amount. But I want you to take this and think about it in terms of drawing that circle on the ground and you're going to stand inside of it. And the first, and you're going to use this kind of as circles moving out. Think about it in terms of um, how Jesus said in Acts 1 8 that when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, um, that we will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Those are basically um, circles moving out. Jerusalem is the city they were in. Judea is the region. Samaria is the neighboring region and all the way spreading out. So you're going to draw that circle you know, in your mind and you're going to stand in it. And the first thing you're going to pray for is to pray to fix everything that's inside the circle first. You're not going to be able to fix everything in the other circles until you have prayed and worked on what's inside the circle first. got to get yourself to a good place to be able to do that. Now, once you have prayed for all the things that you have going on, right, wrong, in between, all of that, and you have talked to God about all of that, you move out a circle. So your immediate family, um, brothers, sisters, parents, kids, whatever Um, your demographic is here, you pray for those people immediately around you. and What they have going on in their lives, what they need, and then you move out even bigger. Um, Whether that's your extended family, your friends, um, you move out again to your neighborhood, your community, um, your block of the street, whatever it may be. And then you keep spreading out to all of Covington as a whole. You spread out to the entire county. And you pray for all of that, and you pray for the state, the country, and the world, and you go through all of those things, just starting with you and all the things you need to fix inside the circle, and then you move to the things further and further and further out, praying for each of them. Now, many of us, when we hear the cr- the question about how do I pray, um, our minds go to when the disciples basically asked the exact same question they went to Jesus and they said hey the way you pray is not the way we pray teach us to pray like you and we call that the Lord's Prayer and many of us um, whether we've been in the church a long time or we haven't um, even if you've never stepped foot in a church you've probably heard at least part of this before Um, in Matthew chapter 6 Jesus taught his disciples to pray saying our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And that same prayer, we can use that, we can recite that, we can use it as a method of understanding the things that we need to be praying for, because Jesus is doing the exact same thing here, that we've been talking about. That first line is just saying, God, you are Lord, you are Father, you are the Holy One in heaven. So he acknowledges God, he praises Him, and then he turns to the yielding part, saying, help us to do your will on earth, okay? And then the asking part. He says to give us today our daily bread. And he's not just talking about food. That's a way of saying... God help us to have the things we need today to sustain us whatever it is that we need for this day we're not worried about way down the line in the future yet just God take care of me today and then he does the repentance part saying you know forgive us our debts or maybe you've heard it as trespasses either way it's forgive us for the sins we've committed and the same way that we are forgiving the people that sin against us because that's going to be a big part of it too and help us not to be tempted Just and again offering that praise that's the same outline Jesus used here in these um, passages in his prayer when he was teaching the disciples he outlined the exact same thing with them you know this isn't the only scripture we can pray there are lots of places throughout the Bible that there are written prayers that we can use and we can take them and just pray them as they are. Um, You know, one of the ones that ministers like to use sometimes goes all the way back to the book of Numbers very early in the Old Testament. Um, It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. It's a prayer of blessing over people. And it's one way that you can pray for them. Um, whenever I am... When I've got an opportunity to pray over the people in the church, I like to go to this passage in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 14-21, through that say, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. So, for this reason I am getting down on my knees and praying. For whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory... Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Which is basically a prayer of saying, all of you, I am praying for you and I am praying that God just blows your mind with how... Immeasurable, How huge, how wide, how deep, how massive His love for us is. That's the thing I pray for so many of you this morning. And there are a lot more. Um, a lot more personal prayers um, go throughout the Psalms. There are lots of times where David um, or Solomon, they're going through something and they write out a prayer to God saying, this is overwhelming, I need help with this. You know, There's also the idea that not just in the Bible, there are also other ancient or even modern pre-written prayers that we're able to use. There are different books full of written prayers that if you just space out and blank and don't know what to say to God, this there are whole books that will give you the words to say to help you get started in speaking with Him. Now, Anybody that does know me um, from here at the church knows that I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to history and languages and all these things within the Bible, so I've spent a little bit of time over the last little while thinking my way through the earlier prayers that the Israelites would have prayed. And so one of the earliest ones um, that the Jewish people prayed in the Old Testament was something called the Shema, Um, and it is Shema Yisrael. Adonai Elohenu, Adonai Achad, and I realize that may not mean a thing to you this morning, but what it does is it points back to this passage in Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four and five, and it's the first line of that that says, "Hearo Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." And this was a way every morning and evening of reminding themselves of that truth about who God was, and that verse. It would point to, that little passage would point to the whole verse that goes on to say, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might." And Jesus quoted this, and you know added the, "And you shall love your neighbor as yourself." And so I think often about that prayer. And as we move from kind of the Old Testament Hebrew into the New Testament Greek, um, there's this phrase uh, that I picked up on in music a long time ago, um, ancient church music, this word kyrie. And it's this verse that goes, kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, kyrie eleison. And it just means, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy lord have mercy it's a way of remembering that he's god and we're not and saying lord have mercy upon me because i am a sinner and so i like to take those last few things we've talked about and put them together some days to get my mind and my heart on track with god i will say the shema uh, and then remember that whole verse you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength and you shall love your neighbor as yourself and then the Kyrie eleison to remember Lord have mercy on me because I make mistakes and I need you and then sometimes I'll pray the Lord's prayer after that and by the time I'm done with that sometimes you have to take a deep breath because You've aligned your heart. You've got this image in your head of the God you're standing before. At that point, you're ready to pour out anything that's going on, anything you need. Just start talking to Him about all these different ways that you need Him, that He is incredible, and that you need Him. Now let me ask you this when it comes to your prayers. Do you always have to be speaking? Do you always have to be talking? Now Sometimes it's good to take a break from the talking. It's good to pray those things and then still just sit there in silence and listen. Not just talking at God, but listening for the response. And that can be intimidating. I understand that. But it will blow your mind what it will do for you you know if you think in terms of some of your other friends you don't always have to be talking to be building the friendship sometimes you just want to be around the person and be hanging out with them Um, they'll come over to your house and you'll just sit around watch some tv do a few chores you go about your day knowing they're there and their presence makes you better and you're just spending that time So sometimes it's good to just invite Jesus to do the same thing. Here's a little bit of a crazy prayer for you to try one day. Hey, Jesus, will you come hang out with me while I do dishes? And then you just keep your mindset focused on the fact that God is there with you. Even in the mundane of doing dishes and vacuuming and all of that, and you you remember he's there, and if something comes to your mind that you need to tell him, you go ahead and say it. But it's just that awareness that the two of you are spending time together. One of the other things that we need to be doing in our prayers as believers is praying together with each other. Now here at the church we have a prayer list and that's one way that we do that. We let each other know our prayer needs and what's going on in our lives. And that's very much something the Bible calls us to. James chapter 5, James said, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is any one you among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And that's a really good thing to bring these big needs and list them out and be praying throughout the whole week for each other. But I think that there's a whole kind of category that we miss out on that there is more to it than just that. Because if we were being honest, when we look around a sanctuary on a Sunday morning, not every day is a good day for every person here. Okay, now follow me on this. Because what I'm saying is that there are plenty of people who come to church and they are dealing with something that they don't feel like putting on a prayer list, they don't feel like announcing it out loud, but you can see it weighing them down. Or, you know They do a really good job. Some people, they wear that mask um, and you don't really know what's going on. Casting Crowns referred to it in one of their songs calling it the stained glass masquerade. We put on fake smiles and we say we're doing good, when really, we're not. You know, Somebody comes in, you ask them, how are you doing today? And they say, well, I'm here. And they smile, like everything's fine. But really, you know that that's just code for, it was a really rough week, but somehow I survived. You need to be praying for them and lifting them up. Um, you know, if somebody says something and you can tell they're not quite all there today, that needs to be okay. When we come to church, it's... It's supposed to be a room full of broken people acknowledging that they need God. All the fake smiles won't save us. We need to be able to be real with each other, to be able to come in the door and be sad, be depressed, be angry about things, be grumpy, be sleepy, be whatever we are dealing with that day, knowing that we're going to lift each other up and build each other up something that Paul urged in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Whoever it is that needs our prayers, that is what we are instructed to do throughout the scriptures. We are to surround each other, um, not just on a Sunday morning, but anytime we can get together throughout the week and lift each other up and build each other up in our faith and bring each other closer to Jesus in everything that we do. Now, one last one that we can do together is Praying through song. There are lots of songs that are written that when you sing them, it can very much be your prayer to God. Because it says exactly what you need to say. And we can't play it over the radio, but this morning our kids are going to be coming up and singing this special song called Raise a Hallelujah. And the whole story behind this song just blows my mind. Uh, It was about this sick little boy in their church, um, he had been perfectly fine a few days before Christmas and um, doing all the things you do to get ready for Christmas and by that evening he was laying on the floor, parents realizing they needed to take him to the ER and it just kept getting worse, kept going downhill. He had um, an E. coli infection that had moved into this uh, thing called HUS which had then started shutting down his kidneys and this little boy just kept getting worse and worse and they're saying you've gotta go to this children's hospital and the dad was thinking okay so in the next few days we'll do a transfer and they said no you don't understand we're sending you tonight the helicopter is on its way that it was that severe and this little boy was that sick and the whole church started praying for him and through social media and all those means people all around the world were praying for this little boy but he continued to get worse at first and you know he slipped into unconsciousness and wasn't responding to anything there was a point that came where you know they brought in um, the neuroscientist and like he was not responding to pain stimuluses talking to him nothing there was no response from this little boy and they're saying we've got to do surgery right now um, to get this central line in him but because of the shape he's in we can't give him anesthesia and this is so dangerous but he has to have it and you need to understand how serious this is and they messaged the church to tell them you know we're not sure he's going to make it through tonight and the worship leader at this church he started really struggling um with there's no way that this is how the story ends this is we've all been praying so hard for this little boy and he's just a toddler and how can this be And all these doubts are coming up in his mind, all these fears for the family, for the little boy. And then he starts having something else rise up in him. Instead of the doubts, instead of the fears, it's a prayer. And it came out in this melody, and the words, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah, heaven comes to fight for me. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah, I will watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah, fear you lost your hold on me. as all of that started pouring out of this songwriter, he gathered together the band from the church and they just kind of impromptu did a recording of this song and sent it to the dad as this prayer. And the dad, who was saying, I had no prayers left to pray, was amazed at how many people all around the world were stepping up and praying for his little boy when he didn't even know what to say anymore. And so he took that recording of the song and he just kept playing it over his son over and over again praying those words as he sang them and as the days went on and they kept praying this over the little boy he started to wake up he started responding to everything again he started asking for food again and eventually after a month in the hospital this little boy was healed and able to go home and celebrate with his family and Now he's a healthy little boy, and he's back in this church singing this song with the people of his church who had prayed these words over him when he needed it the most. That's how we've got to be with each other, with ourselves, with each circle that goes out. We need to be praying so desperately for God to step in, and do all of these these things to drive the darkness away, to drive the fear away, to heal the things that are going wrong, to help us in our day-to-day. Because He's God, and only He can do that. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for this day. We thank you for everything you do for us. It is so incredible to try to comprehend you on your throne in all of your majesty all of your holiness to see you for who you are to see us for who we are and to realize that we are privileged enough to step right into that room like we were walking into our friend's house and have a conversation with you about what's going on in our lives what we're worried about what we're stressed about what what's hurting us what just breaks our hearts this week what we need what makes us happy and then do the same thing for all the people around us that need lifted up, um, that we can praise you for the good things in their lives, that we can um, bring them before you and ask for your help in all the other things that need done, God. It's so incredible, and we thank you so much, and we thank you so much for Jesus because it's his actions on the cross, the love that you have shown in our forgiveness and our salvation that makes all of this possible. And so we just thank you in his name. Amen.